at Sunday Surefire, we have a vision. And that vision is to dish out the most sound fantasy and bending advice in the industry. And guess what? It just so happens that our brand new sponsor at KYMZ Oils has a vision too. Together, we'll give you the fresh picks and KYMZ will give you all the fresh scents. Beautiful match. All you got to do is Google KYMZ Oils and try out their top seller, Vision, to start smelling fresh today. Make sure to use promo code KYMZ Surefire for an extra 5% off. That's KYMZ Oils. Remember, just Google it. You'll find it. First thing that comes up, promo code KYMZ Surefire. Sunday Surefire Podcast. It's your host this week, Aaron Downtown Brown. I got my man, Ethan Weaver. How we doing, Aaron? Pretty good, Ethan, man. Week one is in the books, finally. Uh, also, your first uh, DFS lineup against uh, against the pros. Man, I had a lot going on, a lot of, a lot of stories to talk about, a lot of, you know, a lot of talk that we had in the offseason. Uh, what's your, what, what's your thoughts over week one? It was great to have football back. Uh, as soon as it ended, I, I couldn't wait for week two to start, but, um, yeah, a lot of storylines come, come out of week one. I was at the game, uh, Sunday in uh, Gillette stadium, Foxborough mass to watch the Patriots and Eagles. And that was a pretty exciting game. And I uh, went down to the wire. Unfortunately, Mac Jones couldn't get it done, but, uh, the pages were competitive. Uh, they gave uh, the Eagles everything they had. And uh, it was awesome seeing Tom Brady run out in that field at halftime. Uh, that was probably the highlight of uh, highlight of the, the day for me. It was cool seeing TB12 back in Gillette. Um, and uh, the fans obviously got to give him the, uh, the thanks and the praise that he deserves. So that, that, was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, how, was your, uh, how was your week one? Week one was uh, certainly interesting. I mean, I, I guess we're we're both in the same boat. Both of our teams lost, as you know. the The opening game with the Chiefs that was kind of a heartbreaking loss. I you know I, I guess I've never seen a wide receiver swing a game so much before. But you know, um, I got faith in my boys. I, I, I like I've been saying, everyone is giving me crap that remember the Chiefs lost to the Colts last year and still won the Super Bowl. So it is week one. They'll live, they'll learn and and, and move on. So, um, you know, that, that's in the fandom world, but, um, you know, fantasy, I think it was a weird week in fantasy. I mean, fortunately some of my main leagues that I, I I'm, you know, pretty, pretty interested in. I, I won in those did, did have a, a loss and a, and, and, and another one that we both share, but Fantasy had some wins, had some losses, uh, had a lot of luck in DFS, which we'll we'll get get into here in a little bit. But um, kind of was on fire with some of our picks from last week, which kind of excited to bring those up. Um, but yeah, I guess kind of circling back over just news around the league, did have a couple storylines. I, I feel like it'd be kind of a shame if we don't bring up. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is the one that comes to mind first. You know, I think there's just so much you know, talk in the off season and, you know, what, you know, what's going on with the, with the jets this year is kind of their super bowl year. They're hoping, 
you had the Aaron Rodgers injury, and then you had the uh, the J.K. Do- J.K. Dobbins just coming back from uh, from his injury, and then uh, uh, getting that Achilles injury all over again, right? So um, let's start off with Aaron Rodgers, Ethan. What's your reactions to that uh, to that Monday night game? Yeah, that was insane. I mean, four plays in the Aaron Rodgers uh, season for the New York Jets uh, comes to an end, which is just un- so unfortunate for that team. It's so unfortunate for Rodgers. I uh, I feel bad for the guy. It, it just, it just the Jets. Every time you, you think they, they might be a glimmer of hope, it just the door gets shut, and they ended up obviously winning the game. It's just so unfortunate. If you're a Jets fan, it's like you watch that game play out, right? You see how awesome your defense is. They just absolutely made Josh Allen look terrible. The 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 Jets were just insane defensively uh, against the Bills, and it, you just have to sit there and imagine what that game would have been like if Rodgers was at the helm and how good of a team they could have ascended to if Rodgers was able to be there all year. So just so unfortunate. It just, what a, what a scene though, Monday night football, right? 80, over 83,000 people were in attendance in MetLife stadium, which was more than the super bowl. Uh, there was, there was more people there last night than the, the super bowl that they hosted a few years back, which is just crazy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers comes out of the tunnel, the American flag. It's, uh, it's nine 11. The place, the, the place is, uh, the place is, uh, rocking and the wind just gets out of the sails very quickly with Aaron Rodgers popping his Achilles tenant. So, uh, just, yeah, just, in, just insane start, uh, to the season. Uh, you, you think the jets were going to be there in the end. Now it's, it's, a, it's a Zach Wilson, uh, led team and, uh, their hopes of, uh, a super bowl have just, uh, vanished. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Definitely. Uh, very anti, uh, climatic there. Um, you know, I, I think looking at it, I mean, the Jets, the Jets were very much a playoff looking team last year. I know they lost a lot of steam after Brees Hall went down. I mean, there is a little silver lining that they do have him, uh, that he looked really good last he night. Great. I got Dalvin, yeah, you got Dalvin Cook too. I mean, Dalvin Cook looked great too. So that's a really good one two punch. So, I mean, as we know, a really good uh, defense and a good running game can usually get you um, somewhat far. In, in this league. Um, but at, but I, I guess it really does come down to Zach Wilson's play. I mean, sometimes he's just a turnover machine. We're just wondering what type of throw, what, where, what was the read there? Right. So well, if, if you're saying it comes down to Zach Wilson's play, they are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's like, I, I don't know. Do they just run like a, a wishbone offense or something? Just let Brayson have a cook, uh, a little wildcat. <laughs> There you go, wildcat or something. But um, I guess jokes aside, I mean that that is a kind of a good thing to talk about real quick before we move on. Is what do you think that does to Garrett Wilson's uh, stock for the rest of the year? Definitely takes a big hit. I, I know the commission was all over Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson and, and being down on them this year. And, I mean Garrett Wilson made an absolutely insane touchdown grab. I don't know if you saw that. I'm assuming you did, but I mean what a play by Garrett Wilson. That that's what he can do, but unfortunately he's me catching passes from Zach Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers. So everybody that took him in the second round is definitely regretting that pick right now. I mean, he, he had over a thousand, what over 1100 yards last year with the QB carousel um, that the jets had last year. But uh, I don't uh, last year. What is it? Flacco, Mike white were, were played 
a, a lot better than Zach Wilson did. So it's uh, it's definitely a big blow to to, to Garrett Wilson. I, I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. Uh, obviously, he's still a great asset, but I don't think we're going to get what I don't. We're definitely not going to get the ceiling that we were hoping for this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, there's definitely a dip now. I mean, the, in redraft leagues, you're, you're going to maybe want to look at potential trades, people that may still have high hopes for him. But yeah, I think the reality is it's definitely not as high ceiling without Rodgers in the lineup. So definitely agree with you there. Um, let's uh, let's move on to Dobbins a little bit, too. That was another, you know, another uh, unfortunate news there with J.K., you know, I think a lot of us did have high hopes for the the Ravens and 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 Dobbins uh, Dobbins return. You know, I guess just kind of talk. You know, who do you who do you think fills in? Do you think it's a committee approach? Do you think Lamar takes over a lot more attempts, or you know, you got Gus the bus uh, back there? You know, who who do you think takes over as that one uh, uh, for Dobbins in in Baltimore? Well, first of all, yeah, just J.K. Dobbins. It just, it just sad for him. I, I feel for the guy. The guy was holding out for a contract. It, it's a contract year for him. As you mentioned, he was coming off the knee. It came back late last year, and was hoping to get, uh, get paid. He didn't. Comes out week one and basically gets a, an injury that's essentially a could be a career ender. For, for him. I mean, he's probably going to still hang around the league, but he, he he's never going to be what uh, what we thought he was going to be, and he'll probably never get paid. So, just awful for his um, NFL future and everybody that obviously has him in redraft and dynasty and a fantasy pers- perspective. Obviously, it hurts a lot. And I think this Baltimore backfield is going to be kind of a mess. You're basically essentially hoping you start the one that fall that falls in the end zone. I mean, looking at week one, if you started Dobbins and then you're seeing Justice Hill get two rushing touchdowns, you're probably saying like, "Are you kidding me? That that could that that's e- easily would have been uh, J.K. Dobbins' work." So just unfortunate for this week, unfortunate for the season for J.K. Dobbins' managers. But uh, I- I'm probably avoiding uh, this backfield. Harbro came out and said he's happy with the, the guys they have on the team with Melvin Gordon, Justice Hill, and, and Gus Bus there. But I mean, what's the what's the upside? I mean, Justice Hill, I'm assuming he's gonna uh take on the uh third down pass catching role, which isn't a uh a massive role in this Ravens offense. And Melvin Gordon and, and Gus Edwards are probably gonna split split some carries, but it, I, I think it's just gonna be a mess. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you more. I mean, it, it could just be more on Lamar's shoulders, but I mean, we'll definitely keep keep uh, keep an eye on that. There, there's plenty of other reactions around the league, and um, you know, I know there's a lot of guys we talked in the off off season. Um, you know, some of the stash plays like Puka Nakua. Uh, we, you know, your you, your boy Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. Oh. You know, a lot of names that we brought up over the the season. Um, so definitely, definitely was pretty nice to see, uh, you know, a lot of our, our work in the off season come, come to, uh, in, in, in week one there. So Amen any, there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, I, I think on that, um, topic, you know, anyone who wants, you know, further fantasy advice and stuff like that, we, we have a brand new discord, make sure you're following our socials. We can hit you up to join that talk. Um, but I guess switching back to our, uh, our, Main topic here in the DFS show before we get into the weeds of that, Ethan, you got your first win against the boys. <laughs> How does it feel? So I, I guess for all of you listeners, um, 
uh, we, we have two leagues that we do and we have the Sunday surefire fire crew and we, we compete against each other, right? It keeps us honest and keeps us honest with our takes, our lineups. Um, so every single week we play against each other with the Sunday games and then with our captain's lineup. And uh, we were joking about it. And um, I think Ethan and I went head to head Thursday night and you pulled away with a one point victory on uh, Thursday night against uh, against myself. And then I, I pulled away with the Sunday game. So we, we we're definitely in a, you know, a nice, nice start to the season. But yeah, how, how did that feel? It felt, it felt good uh, getting uh, a uh, first place finish right out the gate with that Thursday night game. Uh, I have to thank you with uh, starting Justin Watson in your uh, captain lineup. So that helped me out. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah, that, that was, was a, that was a pretty solid take. He he was inches it, away twice from, uh, from taking you over. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I don't think, I don't think that would have made the, uh, what were you thinking segment? Cause it did almost work out for you, but I, I, I squeaked out a victory, which I was pretty pumped. So finished uh, first out of, uh, out of uh, me, Aaron and commission, the uh, under the lights matchup. And then obviously you uh, edged me out in the um, Sunday, one o'clock uh, slate. And I, uh, I got second place in that, but I mean, all of us uh, scored relatively well. So definitely happy with our DFS picks from last week. Oh yeah. And then on that topic, I know, um, you know, we, we had a lot of, you know, uh, I guess news around the league, but I mean that is the most important thing right now for us, uh, and and that's uh, that's winning money, and that's helping all of you listeners out there win money too. So I, I guess with that being said, before we kick off our normal show, um, let's let's uh, just call out some "I told you so's." You like that? You like that? All right. Yes, we definitely like that. Um, I, I guess to, since we all had such success, I'll name off a few. Uh, told you so's here. I mean, Tyreek Hill, all three of us had Tyreek in the lineup, scored you 47 points, um, 11 catches, 215 yards, two tutties, just a monster week. Uh, obviously, the number one re- wide receiver of the week. We all had him in your lineup. Check it in last week's episode. He, he was there on all three of our mouths. Uh, Justin Jefferson, nine for 150. Hayden Hurst, which uh, uh, was a great call too, called him out last week. Only 3,000 in your lineup. He was tight end two. We all had Washington defense. They had three sacks, two fumble recoveries. Um, gave you 11 uh, fantasy points, which is which is awesome when you're only paying paying like three or actually they're sub 3,000. They're 2,800, I believe, uh, from last week. So great start to uh, last week. I think uh, you know we we showed some screenshots from from our lineups and uh yeah if you were on our guys last week you're probably uh making money yeah no hey it's always great to make some money so uh great uh great call outs there we definitely like that and um it was it was just nice to see obviously the guys that we talked talked up in the dfs show uh show out and it was it was also nice to see some of the guys as you alluded to earlier uh the guys that we talked about all off season it was nice to see them break out uh the uh I was very happy with uh, guys like Brandon Ayuk, uh, Michael Pittman. Those are the two guys that come uh, come to mind for, for me. I mean, I've been high on Ayuk. We've all been high on Ayuk, and he he comes out and I believe what is he wide receiver like two right now or three? Um, right. It was it was uh, it was a great showing for him. So I'm very excited for him going forward. Pittman, uh, he pretty much had all of his yardage, which was over 100 in the second half with uh, a Rich. So it was great to see him ball out and uh, um, Pat was uh, Pat the commish was all over Puka Nakua. So uh, he oh, yeah. must be, uh, 
he must be uh, um, having some victory laps for that one. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. But, you know, I guess that is enough uh, bragging. Uh, although, you know, we were happy over week one. We got to put it put it behind us. As we know in football, we got to keep, um, you know, keep keep the, the foot on the pedal. And we'll move right into our bullish buy uh, category, okay? So for, for all of you, just a quick reminder there. These are the guys. We don't care what they cost. Um, we're very sure in these uh, performers in our DFS lineup, um, no matter what position they are. So, um, Ethan, I'll let you kick us off on this segment. Who is your first bullish buy in uh, week two? I was having trouble with this one. I was bouncing back and forth between a couple of players, and I ended up settling on Bijan Robinson for $7,900. I just think what we saw with the Falcons offense last week, they clearly their focal point of the offense is their running backs. They played a bad Carolina Panthers team. They were able to obviously control, control that game um, pretty easily. And Bijan and Algier had, had, had great games and just watching Bijan out there. I mean, I'm sure we all remember the player saw the play where he had that pass. uh, He caught that pass out in the flash and just made the defender look stupid. And and he ended up getting a touchdown. And that's just what Bijan Robinson can do. He just, he just so talented. And for a team that leans on the run and leans on, the running back position as much as the Falcons do. It's hard not to start Bijan Robinson. I think the pa- the Packers are a much better team than the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons are most likely going to be playing from behind where I think Bijan is going to get even more targets. I mean, last last uh, game, uh, Ritter threw 18 times and nine of those pass attempts went to Bijan and Algier. Bijan had six catches um, on six targets for 27 yards and a touchdown. And he 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 uh, scored over twenty fantasy points and he, on and he only had ten carries. I think he's going to get more work. I think they're going to be in a negative game script, so I think he's going to be on the field getting even more targets, and I think he's going to be making more plays. So I, I just like Bijan. I, I like uh, I like the matchup. I, I think Bijan's going to find some room, and uh, just looking at what the Chicago Bears did to the Packers. Justin Fields dropped back 37 times or had 37 pass attempts, that is. And he targeted his running backs on 15 of those 37 attempts. So I think Ritter does something similar. And uh, I think Bijan has a uh, massive day uh, catching the ball. So I'm pretty high on Bijan Robinson, and he's the guy I'm going to pay up for in DFS this week. Yeah, I don't mind that call out. I think – you know, the, looking over at his, at his stat line, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there were some surprises there. It was so funny, you know, watching Red Zone and they keep showing like the passing leaders, rushing leaders, receiving leaders. And you kept seeing Tyler Algier as a top five rusher of the week. You're like, dang, what's going on? But, you know, when, when, when you when you actually watch how the Falcons were using uh, using those backs and, you know, Bijan getting out there and, and, and catching passes, that's what we want to see in fantasy. So. Um, I think to your point, um, that will actually make him a, a you know even more vicious weapon this year. If they if they work him as much as we you know we think Atlanta's going to run on top of getting out there and catching a lot of passes, I think Bijan's going to have a great fantasy year, and uh, and and keeping uh, Algier in the mix too. So um, it is interesting. I think they're going to just you know play small ball like that. So definitely um, good call out there with Bijan. Uh, against the Packers I do think Packers keep them a little more honest but to your point maybe it just it just screams check down so I don't mind that call 
Um, you know, I was kind of in the same boat here with my bullish buy, and I ended up um, it, it it's funny. Um, I'm gonna call out a guy a little bit cheaper than what we usually call out here. I think I want the most expensive guy with Justin Jefferson uh, last week, but I'm going a little bit cheaper this week. I'm going uh, 7100, and I'm going with uh, Keenan Allen, the Chargers against Tennessee. So if we rewind the clock a little bit, if you remember my um, pick six last week was Derek Carr. Um, liked, you know, kind of like what QBs do against Tennessee. We know Tennessee's decent against the run, but they do give up a lot of passing yards through the air. And Derek Carr threw for over 300 yards, um, had multiple opportunities to score, um, actually only turned one of them into a touchdown. But um, I think if you flip it over to the Chargers this week and you kind of sub in uh, Herbert and that Chargers offense, I think they're going to definitely drive the ball down the field, similar to what the Saints could do against them. And I think um, Herbert's going to convert a lot of those red zone trips into tutties. So um, Keenan, um, still that number one over there at six receptions, 76 yards. He technically, I mean, he was inches away from uh, a, a touchdown. They did call that one back. Uh, so, um, I, I think he's in for another good week. Uh, like I said, I think they just capitalize more often. Um, so I'm going Keenan Allen and then I'll go ahead and say, uh, commissions, uh, guy for this week. And you can comment on each, um, commission was Saquon Barkley. Here, Giants against Arizona in that game. I think he's kind of looking for the Giants to bounce back. I mean, I, I think they have to uh, over how in, you know embarrassed the Cowboys, um, you know, against that Cowboys game too. So it's funny. There was one I, you know, I was playing on saying Keenan Allen. Saquon was actually is another one that he's in my lineup this week too. So it was kind of cool to see his name pop up in commission's lineup. So I, I know we always love when uh, we, we can agree on guys and they're, they're in our physical lineups too. So we got Saquon for commission. We got Keenan Allen as myself. Ethan, what do you think of those guys? I like the Keenan Allen call a lot. I actually had Keenan in my lineup until the very last minute. I, I changed my lineup like four times and I had to, I had to make some extra space, so I had to uh, switch out Keenan Allen. But I think you're spot on with that matchup with Tennessee. They they really can't stop anything through the air. So I do think the Chargers are going to throw, uh, throw for a ton of yards. My only concern is just how does the game play out? Because Tennessee looked pretty bad last week. Do the Chargers get up early, and do they pound the rock? So we'll uh, we'll see them. Um, and that game plays out, but I definitely like the upside with Keenan Allen and obviously Saquon Barkley. I was actually uh, mulling him over a little bit. Uh, I, I think, as you said, I think the the Giants are looking to get back on track. They're playing a really bad Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, I think they're going to handle them pretty easily. And I think Saquon Barkley gets uh, gets all the work he can handle. So uh, I definitely uh, definitely like those calls. All right. All right, I like it. So no, no major uh, disagreements in the bullish bias section, which we don't we don't usually uh, fight fight too much on these high price guys, but unless we're a little, thinking a little crazy, but um, we'll move on to defenses, and this is our uh, too deep section. Uh, originally named this section because Ethan, you should be about too deep on uh, on beers right now, right? So about this section in the podcast, <laughs> kind of feel you know usually. Feels no, I'm not little, drinking you know. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, yeah, it kind of makes makes the show a little more fun if you can be uh, too deep in a, a, a couple beverages, adult beverages right now. But 
with that being said, we'll go uh, a couple deep in uh, defenses, and I'll uh, I'll go first this time, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say Kamish. Kamish's defense as well. Um, I'll go starting off here. He had um, he's going a little bit higher price defense with uh, paying up four thousand dollars for Dallas defense against the Jets. Jets. So uh, I think we called it out uh, that Zach Wilson offense. I think he just wants to be all over that. You know those boneheaded plays that he makes, and you know we should expect a couple. Uh, may, you know maybe one to two picks couple sacks and whatnot. So I think that's uh commission's thoughts there with the Dallas pick. Um, and I'll go ahead and say mine and then you can comment and say yours. Um, and then I'm actually going cheaper. I'm going 3000 uh, green Bay Packers. So I'm choosing that Atlanta game. Um, that over under is only 40 points, 40 and a half points right now. Um, I mean, they, they forced a, a pick, a fumble recovery. They had four sacks and a defensive touchdown against uh, Justin Fields. So, um, yes, it was Chicago, but I mean, Chicago and Atlanta do have a lot of similarities where they, they don't like taking a lot of risks. They like running the ball. So I do feel like if the Packers can shut down that offense a little bit, um, and force them to throw, um, there's going to be a lot of mistakes going on. Uh, they also held Chicago, um, only converting three of 13 on a third down play. So, um, kind of just exactly what I'm saying. If they can stop him early down, uh, I think J- Jair Alexander is going to lock up London and they're in Atlanta is not really going to have anywhere to go. So I'm going Packers for a uh, 3000 is my defense. Ethan, what, do, what are you thinking? Like the calls there on the defenses. I, uh, I'm going to have to agree with the commission here and take the Dallas defense as I put them in my DFS lineup as well. It's actually the reason why I had to sub out, Keenan Allen because I had to make room for the Dallas defense. I just think that matchup is too tantalizing for the Dallas Cowboys with Zach Wilson at the helm for the JETS. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Zach Wilson, I mean, it was good that he was able to get the win uh, on Monday night, but he still looks a little lost out there. And the Dallas Cowboys defense is just another animal. I, I think Dallas is just going to have their way with. Zach Wilson and the Jets, and it's going to be a very, very long night. I- I'm expecting a huge, huge uh, day for the Dallas Cowboys. I-, I went up against the Cowboys defense in a couple of my fantasy leagues, and they put up 37 points on me. So hopefully they uh, can help me this week instead of hurt me. And uh, with uh, your call there, Aaron, with uh, the Packers defense, I-, I understand the call, obviously, against the Atlanta Falcons and Desmond Ritter. I uh, My only concern would be that they're almost too. They're almost so conservative, right? They they run their offense through the running backs. They're going to run the ball a lot, and I think if you and if you force Ritter to pass the ball, I think he's going to keep it short and eat, have easy throws. So I don't know how much he's going to push the ball down the field. He may, obviously he may be forced to if the Packers get up, but Desmond Ritter is going to I think play safe and not force the ball down the field and use Bijan and Algier uh, a ton in this game. Maybe he'll get uh, Drake London involved. I'm not sure. Maybe he'll put up another goose egg, but uh, time will tell. Yeah. No, I mean, I I get it. I know they're not one of the juicy uh, teams to pick from. I, I usually like saving a little money if I can on the defense. Um, definitely understand your points there. I mean, yeah, if it's just a conservative game and there's not that many turnovers or anything like that, yeah, you might only score like four or five points. But um, I'm kind of hoping – for the pack to kind of go up a little bit and force Ritter into, into some throws. But 
Um, but but we'll 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 see. So uh, sounds like you and Kamish both at Dallas, right? That is correct. I like it. I like it. So we still have some uh, you know similar thoughts there. So yeah, I guess basically out there, you listeners, if you want to pay up a little bit, go Dallas. If you want to save some money, try out the Packers this week. Um, but moving on from defenses, let's go into more of the the fun part, the 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 nitty gritty here. Um, so this is where um, we'll each say two guys. I'll say two. Ethan will say two. And I got commissions tonight as well. And we'll kind of duke it out for uh, the battle of the the cheap players, right? So uh, kind of with that being said, um, I guess I'll go. I'll kick it off here first. Uh, I'm looking for a wide wide receiver here. Um, he's only 5,400, so it kind of meets, you know, right under that that threshold threshold we look for. And uh, I'm going to go with Cortland, Cortland Sutton, all right, with Denver. Okay, they're playing Washington. Um, you know, I I just want to capitalize right now early in the season without, you know, a Judy-less <laughs> Denver offense. Um, I did think Wilson looked all right. You know, he did spread the ball around a little more, a little more. So Sutton only had like five targets, but it did was uh, tied for the team high. Um, but the thing I'm kind of concerned or, or kind of wanted to zone in on is kind of that Washington secondary and Washington. Um, I don't know if you knew this already, but Washington's tallest corner starting corner is only six foot tall. <laughs> so Cortland Sutton, Sutton is uh six, four. So I think um, they may take advantage of that mismatch in the red zone. So if they get like on the six, seven, um, you know, or go, you know, third and goal or something like that, I think, um, I think they'll give Sutton a chance. Um, I think he'll go two for two, scoring tutties this week. So uh, give me Cortland Sutton for uh, fifty four hundred. So Ethan, what do you think about uh, Sutton this week? I'm not a huge Sutton guy. I haven't been uh, over the last couple of years because I am a massive Judy guy. So it's it's not where I would go, but I understand the call if Judy is out. I don't think Judy has been ruled out yet. Um, obviously, he's dealing with the hamstring. So if he does come back, what's his, what's his role going to be like? So I do understand trying to get a share of uh, the Denver's number one receiver right now. And as you said, Russell Wilson actually did play pretty well. So... It's uh, not a bad call to get cheap exposure to an offense's number one. Marvin Mims didn't do much. Greg Dolchitz got hurt. So it's it's kind of the uh, Cortland Sutton show, uh, or it should be anyways. So definitely uh, upside with that pick. And uh, I'll go on to my first uh, pick in the pick six. And I'm going to stay at the wide receiver position. A little cheaper than Cortland Sutton. I'm going to go Zay Flowers for 5000 and I just like what I saw from Zay yes. Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, my man. Preach. Yes, Zay Flowers. I mean, uh, we we were all pretty high on him in the in the uh, pre draft process and through this entire off season. And he's looking like one of the best receivers out of this draft uh, draft class already. He's already, in my opinion, the number one receiver for the for the Baltimore Ravens. He had uh, ten targets, nine catches for seventy eight yards in Week One, and Lamar Jackson only dropped back and passed twenty two times. So it, it's kind of crazy that Zay Jones, Zay Jones, Zay Flowers had a forty five percent target share in his first game of his NFL career. And they're going to, they're going against the Cincinnati Bengals this week with, with which has an over under of 46 and a half which is which is right up there um 
towards the top of the league in terms of over under. And I just think Zay Flowers is is the guy for that team. OBJ didn't do much. Uh, Rashad Bateman didn't do much as well. Obviously, things may change a little bit with Mark Andrews coming in, but that also may free up some more space for Jay for uh, for uh, um. Zay Flowers to operate. So I think for $5,000 to get Lamar Jackson's number one receiver is uh, is kind of a no-brainer right now, especially against a team that the, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. They're, they're obviously looking to rewrite their story from week one and hopefully get back on track. Both these offenses are. So if uh, both these offenses can get on track in week two, hopefully we see some points scored, and hopefully uh, Zay Flowers has a uh, big, big day. Yeah, you, you kind of hear me uh, cheering earlier because I, yeah, I, I guess I'm a big Zay Flowers fan too. Um, I called him out last week. Uh, he was in my lineup, uh, only four thousand. So, um, you know, some of these DFS uh, brands are already uh, spiking up his price. So he's a little more than last week. But yeah, I, I, I loved what I saw from Zay. I think he's gonna have a, a great season, great future over there in uh, in Baltimore. Um, I mean, the game will be interesting. I, I think if it's, uh, um, it, you know, if they go back and forth or if it's a little more high scoring, I I, I think having that Cleveland game from last week, um, you know, hopefully that kind of woke up Cincinnati. And I, you kind of want to see Cincinnati scoring more for Zay to get uh, more involved too. So I think as long as Cincinnati gets back on track, um, I do like the game script for, for Zay. And I liked what I saw from him anyway. So um, good call out there. Um, don't mind that. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and move on here to my next guy. And this is my, my, my cheapest guy in my lineup this week. And I'm going with a guy you called out way back in the, in the scouting process. So this is in your you and commission's tight end section. Um, I'm going 3,200. Um, I'm sticking with that Green Bay Atlanta game. And I'm going with Luke Musgrave for Green Bay, rookie over there, and um, uh, for for Jordan Love. Uh, last so week one, he went you know caught four catches for 50 yards. He had uh, two shots at touchdowns as well. Um, so I do like um, I like Musgrave in this offense right now because um, you know if Watson's still dealing with injury, um, possibly now Aaron Jones. Um, you know, he was taken out of the game, which is arguably, I, I know I made a joke about it, but Aaron Jones, he kind of showed it too last week. He may be their best receiver in Green Bay at this point. So um, I think with Jones out, um, you know, kind of, um, you know, whatever's going on with Watson right now, if he's if he's still out in week two, um, I think Musgrave is going to have plenty of opportunities. Green Bay and in Atlanta, and I, we're definitely seeing a different Green Bay team where I, I think um, – uh, he was another one where I thought uh, Jordan Love looked good, but I do think he's got to have some security blankets to th- uh, throw to. But I loved uh, seeing that rookie come out the gates and get so many uh, snaps and 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 routes uh, at the tight end position. So I'm going Musgrave for 3,200 this week. I love the, I love the call there. Great call there. I actually have him in my tight end spot, so I easily could have brought him up in this pick six segment. L- Luke uh, Luke Musgrave ha- had a pretty good start to his NFL career. And he did it. He did have uh, an opportunity for some touchdowns. Uh, apparently, I didn't watch the game, but from uh, the what I've read, he was uh, reportedly pretty wide open on his like 37 yard catch, and then stumbled um, and and fell down 
trying to make a pretty routine catch, but he was pretty much all alone and could have probably walked in the end zone. So it could have been a much bigger day for Musgrave, but I, I love Luke Musgrave. I'm very high on him. And I think he is going to have a great season. I'm definitely one of those tight ends where you get very, very late in redraft, if not for free. And I think, uh, I think he's gonna have a big day uh, this week. So love, love the call there. Nice man. Definitely like on the show when we can agree to, on guys, especially in this section, when some of these guys are cheap, sometimes we we look at each other cross eyed like, what well, you know, like, like you said from last week, what, what were you thinking? Right. So, <laughs> uh, so far so good. I, I would say, which I know you're a Judy fan. So you're, you're a little indifferent on Sunday, yeah, a little, but, little uh, bias, little bias, a little bias there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I guess with that being said, let, let's hear your last pick six guy and one, and then, uh, we'll go on to commission's picks. Yeah, my last pick six guy, I've already mentioned his name because I kept mixing up Zay Flowers with this uh, player. But I'm going Zay Jones, uh, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars at $4,600. And he's playing in a potentially high-scoring matchup. They're going against the Chiefs, highest over-under at 51. And just like we talked about last week, I like, it, I like attacking matchups with high uh, potential scoring outputs. And Jacksonville and Kansas City should be just that. It, it was very surprising to see to see Zay Jones' workload this week. He had an eighty nine percent snap share. Ridley had an eighty one, and then Christian Kirk only sixty percent. They're paying Christian Kirk a lot of money to be the wide receiver three right now because because Zay Jones and Ridley were out there in two wide receiver sets, and Zay Jones played very well. He, uh, he had seven uh, seven targets, five catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. He was uh, PFF uh, graded 18th best receiver this week with a grade of 74.1. So when he was out there, he was doing his thing. And I just wanted a piece of this game. And at $4,600, Zay Jones is a really cheap option and will give me a ton of upside in my DFS lineup. So I just think Zay Jones with what he showed in week one and kind of what Jacksonville told us about Zay Jones in week one with obviously having the highest snap share uh, out of all the receivers and, and Kirk basically relegated to the wide receiver three role. I'm pretty happy with uh, Zay Jones in my lineup. Yeah. Zay, I I'd have to agree with you. I think Zay Jones, it was kind of surprising. I think, um, you know, some of us wondered what would he just be forgotten about, but it was, it was kind of, tough to forget about his involvement last year in Jacksonville and looks like they still like the guy. So, um, I mean, I guess against the chiefs, I, I do kind of like if he's lining up in that two position and Kirk is, uh, running from the slot. Cause the chiefs do have Legere Sneed, which is one of the best nickel corners in the league. So if, if that's Kirk's position that may leave say Jones, um, open. So, um, you know, my initial thoughts were, man, I hated that call, but I, if that's exactly how it plays out, that may be brilliant where I think Kirk may, may go over two, possibly, um, in the first two weeks of the season, I think Ridley looked great. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think with that two option over there, the only watch out there with Jacksonville is it, it, it is kind of like they're turning into a team with that offense. A lot of people can score. So it's almost sometimes pick your poison. Over there in Jacksonville, I mean, yes, it w with the Chiefs with a high-scoring game, I mean, I, I think anything can happen, really. So, um, yeah, I mean, good, good call out. So, I, I think, um, I think Zay, it was, uh, it was kind of cool to see his his involvement. How, how much was he again? Uh, Zay Jones was only forty six hundred dollars. I actually was tempted to 
pick Calvin Ridley as my bullish buy, but I changed it up and went Bijan because I was like, hey, I'd rather put Bijan in my RB spot and then just take the flyer on Zay Jones for 4,600 because, like I said, I mean, the guy played the most um, snaps out of any receiver, and and he's he had a pretty good day. I think he was wide receiver 18 on the week, and I think if Kansas City can kind of uh, get back to being a prolific offense somewhat or at least get the ball rolling a little bit and they, they start scoring points, I think Zay Jones has an opportunity, especially if uh, the Kansas City Chiefs focus on uh, on Calvin Ridley over there, and if Kirk is is locked up in the in the slot, then uh, Zay Jones should uh, have all the opportunities to to make plays. So I want I wanted a piece of this game, and Zay Jones was the cheapest uh, action I could get. Look, he's no Hayden Hurst, but uh, I don't I don't hate <laughs> the call. <laughs> now I guess with with jokes aside, I w- we'll definitely see how that that pans out here with that. I mean, that is like uh, I want to say it's a fifty one point over again. So um, definitely, as we said in the past, definitely good to have pieces in in those high scoring games. So um, with Kamish's picks, I'll, I'll go ahead and say his two right in a row. He's going with this boy, uh, kind of his darling. He said all offseason. I, I think he just wants to bring him up as a, uh, you know, for bragging rights. But he's going um, forty nine hundred. He's going Puka Nakua, um, going with L A. Um, in that San San Francisco game. I mean, really, the biggest call out there is Nakua um, had nineteen targets, so a thirty nine percent target share, which is which is crazy, right? So it's almost like. You know, uh, with, with Cup out, it's it's almost like he he gets just the same involvement in Week One um, as Cup usually gets. So um, that was Commissioner's uh, call out, um, top call out, top price, and then a little bit cheaper. He's going thirty five hundred with Zach Ertz. So uh, going back to that Giants uh, Arizona Cardinals game, uh, Zach Ertz did also command uh, ten targets. So. I know we were kind of watching his status that uh, of his return uh, injury. So he did come back and he, and he did get the 10 targets. So um, I think as we were talking about, you know, with the, the inexperienced QB over there, we we've always said it that tight ends do benefit from that. So I think he's kind of going, um, you know, kind of cheap, another tight end position. Zach Hertz is kind of a well-known guy that's going to probably continue to get targets um, week in week out. So, uh, what do you think about Puka Nakua and Zach Ertz from Kamish? I really like the Puka call. Obviously, he's been, I mean, obviously one week, he's been Matt Stafford's favorite target, and he's playing that Cooper Cup role, and it's paying dividends. It was an amazing first game for the rookie Puka Nakua, and I hope he keeps it up. But, at, yeah, at that price, to get Stafford's number one receiver, in a game where they're probably going to need to throw the ball uh, to beat the 49ers. The Niners obviously pretty good against the run. Akers and Williams weren't very efficient on the ground. So I think this game is going to be put on the shoulder of Matt Stafford, and I think he's going to be targeting Puka Nakua early and often. And as far as Zach Ertz, I understand what the commission is thinking here. 10 targets, obviously at the tight end, tight end position, that's awesome. I just think this offense is so bad. And yes, he had 10 targets. He had six catches, but he only had 21 yards. This offense isn't going to be able to move the ball. So I don't think they're going to get a ton of opportunities in the red zone. 
So I don't think there's going to be a lot of upside for touchdowns. And Zach Ertz, obviously at age 32, coming off the knee. I don't know how, how explosive he is anymore. So for him to score points, he is completely dependent on high volume and reception totals. And I just don't see the upside really in that play. I would much rather go Luke Musgrave, a guy that can get down the field, can make big plays in a better offense and a better situation. So I get where he's coming from, but I think I would go with in a different direction. Um, I'm not I'm not so sure on these guys. I, I do know they um, showed promise from week one, but they're going up again. They're both just going up against a good defense. I mean, Puka against San Francisco. Um, I mean, who knows if if the Rams are going to have as much success as they did against Seattle? So I I think um, I think San Francisco is going to bring a lot more pressure, less time to for Stafford to throw. Um, so I mean, yeah, he's probably he might still get his targets, but I think it's a similar story in both in in both where if you, you got to turn those targets into catches, and those catches I think here you almost have to come down with one in the end zone or else. I mean. Yes, they're cheap. So, I mean, if you can, we we sometimes say if you can score at least somewhere between 14 to 15 points in the pick six sections, it's a good call because they're cheap. Um, So as long as they're in like the at least 14 points, I mean, if we we look at the million dollar lineup last week, I think uh, I think they had uh, they had Dobbins in there. He only scored 11. Right. And he was much more expensive. So. Um, it happens. You, you can't go, you know, hundred um, percent with everybody scoring twenty plus points. But um, I think if uh, if that works out, it's fine. But um, I do think they have an uphill battle this week against uh, the Giants. D just coming over that, <laughs> coming off over that that crazy loss against Dallas, and then you got San Francisco, who looks you know one of the best teams in the league. So um, that's kind of my thoughts as well in in this section, and that kind of. That kind of um, takes us to the end there with the uh, with the Sunday games. Um, kind of went through the the lineups there, and uh, you know now I guess we'll we'll move on to the under the lights section. So yeah, so under the lights, all of the lights here in uh, Philadelphia on Thursday night game is is the game we ended up picking. So we got Vikings at Philadelphia. Um, the over under is uh, 49 points. So uh, over, you know, high, higher than average as far as point over and under. And that and as far as NFL standards go. And you got Philadelphia favored by six and a half points. All right. So I guess just kind of going over a little bit of the, um, you know, the betting lines there, Ethan. What's your first initial thoughts of Vikings, Philadelphia? Any initial reactions over those teams this year? I know you saw. Philadelphia firsthand at the the Patriots game. Um, I think Vikings is coming off of a of a tough, weird loss against Tampa Bay. Kind of surprising loss there. So, um, what are your thoughts? Kind of just as far as how the game's going to go first before we get into the captains. I was very surprised with the Minnesota Vikings performance in Week One. I think Tampa is a team that they easily should have rolled over. But I mean, credit to Tampa Bay. They came out and fought. Baker looked. Uh, pretty good so um, obviously great win for them but uh, very disappointing for the Minnesota Vikings I do think it's gonna be a tough matchup for the Vikings obviously going into Philadelphia but Philadelphia they're clearly still trying to work things out obviously the new OC in in Philadelphia they they definitely didn't have everything was not clicking for them against the Patriots and the Patriots have a really good defense 
but the Patriots had so many opportunities to win that game and they they just didn't do it and that's the that's sometimes my uh, one of my biggest critiques with Mac Jones is Mac Jones played an okay game but he had two opportunities basically under three minutes to go in the game to go and win it and he couldn't get it done so we could easily be looking at two zero and one teams we're not because the Patriots blew it but the Philadelphia Eagles they're gonna they're gonna take some time to to uh, get used to the uh, new OC kind of get things rolling but uh, if I was to uh, pick a team or pick an outcome with this Thursday night game. I'm definitely going to go Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you here too. And I, I think it's just that that Philly Philadelphia defense is just, I think still too good. Um, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if you watch the, the Netflix show, the quarterback, but I mean, it just kind of shows like cousin gets really rattled. I mean, when he gets touched, he gets tackled. Um, I think, um, that definitely throws off his game. He's definitely not going to have the same time he's, he's used to against other teams with, with Philadelphia being one of the best pass um, rushes in the league. So I do think Philadelphia is going to rattle Cousins, and that's not going to be a good uh, game script for them. So um, on the betting side, I would definitely take the six and a half for Philadelphia. Um, but I actually like the under because I think they're going to come up, get up on them, and I think they're I think they're going to, disappoint the Vikings uh, offense again, where uh, I think they're just going to rattle cousins too much. So I'm going Philadelphia in the under 49 is what I would, uh, I would end up uh, betting. Any thoughts on that before we move into captains as far as bets go? I think that's a pretty good call. I mean, short week, Thursday night, usually offenses don't come out humming. So I, and I I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win this game. So I don't think it's a bad bet to make. All right. Well, yeah, hopefully uh, it, it's funny. We were joking. A lot of my bets didn't come through like they, as I would, I, as I would hope. Uh, it was really a DFS that made most of my money last week. So, so I guess we'll get back into that. Um, as far as captains go, um, I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off. Um, the, in this game, like I said, I think, you know, we, we say it a lot. I think when in these captain's games, you really just got to envision what do you what do you think the outcome of the game is going to go? Because, you know, with, with some teams and, and even this one, you got a lot of stars to pick from on the Vikings and Philadelphia, Philadelphia as well. Um, I ended up going a little bit cheaper to get a fit in a couple guys um, who, who I wanted. But I ended up going uh, Kenneth Gainwell as my captain. He uh it, I know it was kind of the mystery all offseason who's uh who who they were gonna land on for running back, but Kenneth Gingwell actually had sixty two percent snap percentage in week one, so that kind of that did kind of solve the mystery uh, right out right out the gates where that that's pretty high snap percentage, uh, and Gan, Gainwell is kind of interesting too because he can catch the ball as well, uh, so he ran eighteen for seventy four yards. Um, he did get hurt, so then they subbed in Swift a little bit. Then ended up playing about twenty eight percent of the game. Um, so it will be interesting to watch. I mean, definitely see if he's back to practice and uh, and they they think he's all right to to play again. If not, I would then maybe go Swift and get a little even even cheaper at running back captain. But I'm I guess I'm just choosing because I think Philadelphia's defense is going to play so good. I like I said I think they're going to get up and they they're going to want to hold the lead. So um, I want to get a Philadelphia running back in my lineup, and so I'm going uh, Gainwell in mine. So uh, what do you think there, Ethan? I like the call with Gainwell. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be a sixty percenter, 
which is basically the new uh, quote-unquote bell cow in the NFL. So uh, we just really didn't pay attention to the key things in the offseason. I think Philadelphia was telling us that Gamel was going to be the guy. We just didn't listen because obviously, oh, everybody's on Swift. Oh, hey, Penny's going to be the the uh, the grinder, the goal back. Well, hey, Penny was a healthy scratch, and DeAndre Swift had one rush attempt and only two targets. So basically an afterthought, Kenny Gamel was the guy. So it's definitely nice to put a 60% running back in your captain spot on a good offense like the Philadelphia Eagles. So I do think that's a pretty good call. Um, I'll roll into my captain. I, uh, I'm i sticking with my same game plan. I'm, I'm sticking with the quarterback position, and I'm going Kirk Cousins. And I know you've been uh, harping on the, the Philadelphia defense and, and, and Kirk Cousins being rattled, but I just saw Mac Jones throw 54 times for 316 yards and three touchdowns and be the QB two on the week. So I do think you can't throw on Philadelphia because the Patriots pass catchers are not even close to what Kirk Cousins has at his disposal. Uh, I mean, I'd take, I mean, Jefferson, Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, Hawkinson. I mean, they're, they're uh, far and away as a group better than what the Patriots have. And Mac Jones was able to move the ball. So I think if Philadelphia can move the ball and score it's going to force cousins to drop back a ton and give an opportunity to score points i think cousins is uh gonna have a decent game and even if even even if the vikings lose they're gonna throw the ball that's what they do i uh i stayed away from jefferson because last year he kind of got uh eaten up by uh slay uh over there in philadelphia he only had uh one catch of five yards on uh, when uh, uh, Slay shadowed Jefferson on the 17 plays that he did, uh, like I said, they uh, Cousins threw him the ball five times, and uh, Jefferson caught one, and Slay had two picks. So I think Jefferson, it could be tough sledding for him. Uh, I was just kind of tough, which is kind of crazy to say because it's, it's Justin Jefferson. But I do think Slay has a chance to kind of slow his roll, and uh, which is why I kind of went. Kirk Cousins is my captain and took some cheaper options uh, in the Minnesota Vikings receiving core in my DFS lineup. So that's, uh, that's kind of the uh, blueprint I took. You know, that's actually a pretty good segue into commission's pick here. And he's going TJ Hawkinson with Minnesota. And, um, you know, may- maybe we, maybe there's a way we're all right here where <laughs> um, yeah, Jefferson's kind of um, shut it out a little bit. I mean, Cousins has less time to throw the ball. I know Jefferson does benefit from those like medium, you know, medium to long routes. So they, they take a little bit more time to develop, but he gets those big plays. Um, you know, I think Hawkinson might be a solid choice uh, as a check down guy uh, to try to just move the ball. I think, it, you know, if they do get rattled, if he does get rattled a little bit, um, he may need to throw a little bit to security blanket. So um, I don't mind the call. Um, I got, I think I got Hawkinson in my lineup too, but I got Gainwell as my captain. I don't mind that. Um, and then on the cousins, like I said, I mean, yeah, you could be right. I, I know Mac Jones had a, had a good game in new England. I mean, that was also kind of a, uh, kind of a goofy weather game as well too. Right. Um, yeah, I was pretty soaked, but Hey, yeah, he, right? still, so- <laughs> he, still, he, he still threw for over 300 yards and, and in pretty, in pretty tough conditions. And, you you mentioned that Cousins obviously uh, gets rattled, and obviously Philadelphia has a pretty good pass rush. But 
the the Patriots offensive line is kind of a mess at this point too. And and Mac was able to uh get by and like I said, he was QB two in the week. So I, I think there is upside with Cousins. I get the hesitation, but like I said, that that's kind of the uh, direction I went. Yeah, no, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, just for like betting history, I mean, Rain actually um benefits the offense a little bit better than the defense. You can't really yeah, you know where you're going. Um, yeah, exactly. You know where you're going. Defense has to react, slippery conditions and whatnot. So um, one would think that rain would actually make a more of a defensive game, but betting history has shown that it has no effect in points scored and sometimes actually makes the overs more juicy. Um, so that, that, that's kind of where my head was going. Um, but but wind, it does depend on wind. So if, if it's a windy game, that, that, that helps the defense. But – um, that, I, I guess if you want to look into the weeds a little bit, you know, keep, keep looking at weather. Um, you know, I think a lot, you know, we're over here on the East coast. I think some of this rain and, and different goofy weather days is hopefully kind of dying down, but I, I guess it's kind of changing by the, by the hour over here, but, um, we'll definitely see. I like the call outs. I think those are three, you know, good, good choices to pick from. And, um, you know, I guess for, for you listeners, you can either mix it up, you know, you play three lineups with, with our three captains or just try to get one. We get our guys in there too. Um, you know, a lot of just a lot of different combinations you can do, which is, which, which makes it fun. So, um, I guess that's all we'll touch on over the Philadelphia game. But, um, before we take off here, um, let's, uh, let's, let's call out any hot takes. You got any, um, hot takes for the week for week two there, Ethan? Oh, I got some juicy ones. Nice. The, Let's uh, hear it. <laughs> the, the first one is Drake London gets a catch. <laughs> I like it. I like a catch. No, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding around. Obviously, throwing some shade on his uh, week one performance with the, with the big goose egg there. But no, I think uh, I'm going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I, I know they were uh, me and Commission's pick. I think they're going to score over 20 points. And uh, start the uh, season with uh, two 20-plus point um, finishes, and they're going to end up as the uh, number one defense. So that's that's my uh, bold take. And just to mention really quickly, because I, I had so much trouble uh, this uh, episode kind of deciding who I wanted to pick for my pick sixes or even my uh, bullish buys, but I think we should keep an eye on Joshua Kelly. He, uh, he was only $5,000. He had a a 48% snap share. He had 16 carries for 91 yards. And he was a decent part of that offense in a a close game. I I do think the Chargers beat Tennessee pretty good. Eckler is hurt with an ankle. And and they're not sure what his uh, practice participation is going to be this week. So if Eckler is dinged up and you're playing a team that you should beat, they may may lean on Kelly a little bit. So for 5,000, it may not be a, a bad option in a good offense. That's a good call out. I I I wanted to get Kelly in my my uh, my lineup possibly, but he to me he wasn't cheap enough. I think that was still because he had like ninety yards in week one, so his price was um, up a little bit more than what it, it typically would be. But like if I remember right, he was five thousand. So I, yeah, I did five thousand was a five. Okay, so. Yeah, like I was, I'm like right there with you. But to me, I wanted him to be a little bit cheaper to be um, 
uh, I guess more worth it in the as a yeah, value more tantalizing, <laughs> more tantalizing. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a, an injury to watch out for with with Eckler injured. So good call out. Um, hey Higgins or London on the oh, who who on uh, who gets more receptions? Easily taken Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. So you got Higgins on the over against London, but they, they both had zero if I remember right, right? Yep, they both had zero. Yeah, I actually started uh, Higgins and Goddard in a league, and they uh, gave me a combined zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully they they do rebound. We we got a lot of teams that need to rebound this week. It, like I said, it was kind of a weird week one in fantasy DFS. We were kind of spot on, but fantasy we there were some weird things going on in week one. But um, let's continue with these hot takes. Commish, she's saying Rash- uh, Rashad White is going to be a top five running back this week against the bears. So uh, that's a juicy call out. Top five is a, uh, is, you know, nothing uh, to be ashamed of there. So white being, uh, you know, heavily involved. I do like getting uh, offensive guys against the bears defense, <laughs> which um, I loved having Aaron Jones in my, in my lineup last week. So not a bad call out with white. Uh, what do you, what do you think there? I like to call with Rashad white. I, I hope he's, I hope he's right. I have him on a few teams and, uh, I wasn't too happy with his week one performance. He was he was very inefficient on the ground. Aaron Jones obviously had his way with the Chicago uh, Bears, and uh, I hope uh, Rashad White can mimic that, and uh, he can be a little more efficient on the ground. I know A.J. Dillon was was pretty anemic on the ground, and uh, Aaron Jones was he, – he only had nine attempts, but uh, he, he was pretty efficient with 4.56 yards per carry. So we'll, uh, we'll see what Rashad White can do. But uh, hopefully he can beat them um, through the uh, through the air. There you go. I like it. There's a juicy little take to throw in there. I know it wasn't part of the the normal show, but hey, a benefit of listening to to the end here, you might be able to squeeze in another guy. So Shad White, and then for me, my hot take this week is going to be Luke Musgrave will lead Green Bay in receiving against uh, the ATL this week. So I'm saying Musgrave is going to lead all of Green Bay in receiving, including wide receivers. Hey, I would love that. Hey, one of my uh, dynasty teams has Rashad White and Musgrave, so I'm looking pretty good this week. There you go. So you know it's going to happen if it's a hot take here. Oh, it's a guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, I mean, I guess that kind of concludes our uh, week two episode here. Uh, You may have noticed you did not hear uh, from the commission this week, and that's because we got him working on a fun project. He's going to go live on Twitter uh, Wednesday. Make sure you're following our, our Twitter um, handle Sunday Surefire. Uh, you can look us up. He's going to go live, answer some uh, fantasy questions. They, they, they had some good uh, participation, um, you know, 100 plus uh, interactive listeners on that chat last time. So he's the selected guest, which is pretty exciting for uh, for our crew here. So good luck, uh, Kamish. Do us proud. And hopefully he's uh, going to lean on some of uh, me and you's uh, takes this year, Ethan, because <laughs> we're, we're, we're starting off pretty hot in the, in week one. Yes. Yes, we are. It was a great start to the season. And for everybody who didn't have a uh, quite as hot of a star in whatever it was DFS or uh, just um, redraft, the number one rule of week one is do not overreact. Do not panic. It's one week. There's a lot of football left. Exactly. De- definitely good. Uh, good call out there. So we'll, we'll Looking forward to week two. Hopefully, uh, we can take advantage of some of the overreactions and in our in our leagues and get some juicy trades uh, in there 
uh, to some of those, some of those owners are wanting to trade some, <laughs> some guys away. But um, I guess uh, on that note, follow our discord, shoot us DMS and all of our socials. We can, we can help you out. If you got a question, don't pull the tr- trigger on a trade uh, before uh, hearing from one of us. Uh, we'll, we'll be happy to uh, answer any of those questions, but until then, peace.